prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Arg, and welcome to the Legend of Retro podcast. I'm your blundering host, Chops, and with me are some skeezy scallywags. <laughs> the villainous Craig WK. Arr, it's really a pleasure to be here, Chops. Are the pleasures all mine? And also, we have special uh, guest. Are you are you supposed to be a pirate? Uh, you look a little scrawny. Uh, LBJ is, I think his name is. Rock LBJ. Rock LBJ. Oh, oh LBJ's a bird. I forgot about that. There's a reason why the the looks your your new crewmate looks a little scrawny. It's a it's a parrot. It's it's not a. I, you're wearing two eye patches there, Captain Chops. You, you oh, really gotta uh, fix that. Uh, uh, I was napping. My Rock, my bad. It's late. Rock, it's late. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> welcome everybody, to Legend of Retro Podcast. Uh, today, we, if you couldn't guess, because like, why couldn't you guess what we were talking about from that intro? Uh, we're talking about the secret of Monkey Island. I, the Secret of Monkey Island. It was released by Lucasfilm Games in October of 1990 for PC. This point-and-click adventure game stars Guybrush Threepwood, who seeks to become a pirate. And if you think I'm not going to talk like this the whole episode, you got another thing coming, you landlubbers. No, really, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stop talking this way this whole episode. I, I, I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> please, LBJ, don't don't talk like that anymore. You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, uh, I will. I will say. I, I would like to throw this first to LBJ because, as we know, I don't remember anything. That's true. And LPJ is the reason why we're doing this episode, because it, without him, I wouldn't love this game so much. So LPJ, um, Secret of Monkey Island probably one of the most defining games in my gaming history. Um, where did we get this? When did we get this? Why did we get this? Sure. Um, it's a very similar story to the fate of Atlantis. Indiana Jones, the fate of Atlantis. Um, this was one of those games that was loaded onto Joe's computer in his basement by a friend of theirs. Um, and we played it. We just, Played the secret of Monkey Island one and two, but they were both on there. And, um, and then when I got a computer in like 98 ish, after I graduated high school, uh, this was one of the first things I bought was the Lucas films, Lucas arts collection. One of the Lucas arts they used, they used to release a collection of their games that they had previously released in enhanced CD ROM versions. And this was one of the collections I got. So I have one and Monkey Island one and two on one desk. And, and that's how you played it. Yeah. And we had like, was it an HP, an old HP that you had built? No, I or, had the first or, computer I had was an IBM. An IBM. That's it. Uh, did we play it on this? Did we play this on that? I don't, yes. I don't know. We did. Okay. Yeah. And I, so this is 1990. So I would have been, what, what year did you get it then? We got a 98. 98. Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, I didn't play this when I was three. What am I talking about? Um, uh, So I played this when I was, what, 11? 
Yeah, you would have been eleven. And like the late nineties is just like the boom of computers, like games, internet, anything you like. Everybody wants to do with computers. Every, computers are everywhere. Um, and so like I, I'm really into storytelling. I and for some reason, and I won't say for some reason, everybody loves pirates. Let's just say that. Oh can yeah, we just, can, we, can, can we just clear the air? Everybody loves pirates. If you haven't watched One Piece and you want to watch 900 plus episodes, what? Okay, never mind. I just ruined it for everybody. They won't watch 900 plus episodes. Um, Read but, the manga? Uh, not much better. Um, I love adventure games. And having watched you play LPJ a ton of adventure games, because I, I had been seeing you for years play these kinds of games because I was smaller. We were eight years apart. I not as up to it. But this is one of the first games that I felt like I could actually get into you on my own and play on my own. Um, and it was... It's like the perfect amount of fun yet PG fun that there can be in a game. Like, like it, I guess nowadays, you know, a lot of games are much more mature. But it's it, it's it's like almost a perfect example of a game that could be fun without being and having adult type themes in it and not feeling too childish. It's it's such a sweet and charming game. Yeah, like even the most villainous character is comedic like his last name's lechuk yeah. like There's, immediately you're disarmed by it like everything about this game i would just because i hadn't played it in a while so i went back and i watched a playthrough of it before we recorded and even the jokes like the main character is such a nice guy and kind of a not really a simpleton but he like takes everybody at face value like oh, there's yeah. no there's no there's no pretext with anything he says. He's just very like, okay. He's he's honest and he trusts people. And yeah. all he's trying to do is make a name for himself. He's he has like the pie in the sky idea of like I'm gonna be a pirate. Yeah, he like just it's wants a, to be a pirate. Like it's like it's you're gonna like you're gonna go out and like I'm gonna be a race car driver. Like it's, there's something so innocent about the way he wants to do it. It does remind me of One Piece in that sense. Where yeah. the the sort of the naive nature of Luffy, it, certainly the characters are very different, but uh, it, there is a certain amount of like similarity there between that like kind of like idealistic like you know I'm gonna be the king of the pirates, and for Guybrush it's like I'm gonna be a pirate and make a name for myself, and I'm gonna get treasure. Yeah, <laughs> that's really all it is, and and he just happens to get wrapped up in this like plot where the the governor gets kidnapped and he's like well i kind of like her i'm gonna go save her and he just goes right. and gets a crew goes and saves the governor and that's really all there is to it there's really not plot wise there's not a lot to it it's guybrush wants to be a pirate so he has to complete these trials to go be a pirate and at the end of the trials the mayor gets kidnapped who he's fallen in love with and she's fallen in love with him it's not one of those weird things where he's after her they both genuinely love each other and he just wants to go and rescue her because that's the right thing to do yeah it's 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 funny because like the game beginning of the game uh i think do you start out at the fire pit area or do you yeah. start out on the dock 
You're at like the fire pit area. They're like so you, you walk so up, you, you walk up to the fire pit. People are telling stories. Yeah, you start in the in like the middle of his story almost. Like the game does a good job of just like putting you in his place and like really figuring it out for yourself. And, and the whole idea of like he wants to become a pirate like it is a gimmick to everyone else. Like he's on an island full of pirate like people, and like he goes to a bar, and these three pirate this pirate council is like you got to pass these three pirate tests, and it's just like you know they're just messing with him, like like they're just sending him on this thing because they want to, and it involves him actually into a larger plot like LBJ said, and it, it is just like the most like passive, like I don't know, it, there's just so much joy i feel like in this game that i get out of the plot just being so aloof and so carefree yeah you're right and the game is just i don't know it's got this just charming quality to it like i said you know he he never does anything mean nobody's really actually particularly mean in this they're gruff because they're pirates some of them but even like meat hooks who's this pirate who has like two hooks for hands is scared of this thing that like chopped his hands off the beast right it's the beast and one of the one of the things that guybrush has to do to win over meat hook is touch the beast and so he goes to touch the beast and it's just a parrot and he just touches the parrot the parrot goes and that's it and meat hooks like you did what i could never bring myself to do you know and, and that's like the charming humor of it. It's all just this really silly, sweet. I would let my 10 year old sit and play this game by himself all day long and not worry about him at all. Yeah. And I think he would have fun doing it. It's almost like the kind of adventure, like Craig, I feel like if you had to develop a fun, not like super dark adventure but like a fun D pirate adventure would be exactly what i would imagine you to come up with honestly yeah i i uh i've i myself never played the game i uh, i my com- i didn't get a computer until uh 1998 i think uh maybe 97 but uh even then the computer that i got at that time wasn't very good and the only games i got were like Warcraft one and two. <laughs> oh, and virtual Springfield, the, the stupid Simpsons game. Uh, I right. had to have that. Uh, Lord knows I needed that. But I, uh, I, but yeah, so I never really got into the game, but anytime I've watched uh, playthroughs of this, like gone online and seen clips and stuff, like it's always super charming. I, it's a game that I definitely want to take the time and play through I've just, I don't know, I've never really had the time. And a lot of point-and-click adventure games do have a certain amount of, like, obtuse clunkiness to them. Yeah, that's just a sign of the type of game it is. So it's it's a point-and-click adventure, meaning uh, you choose, like, keywords. And you use those keywords on interactable things in the game. So, like, talk to this person, pick up this item, show this to this person, push or pull. And, and it's not necessarily, like laid out obviously for you sometimes you have to work for it well this is actually of the lucas films games lucas arts games this is the first one that adopted that format 
the games previous to this didn't have those list of verbs in the same sense that these do. This is eventually the template that we they would use for all of their games in the future. Right. This is based off of the scum um, uh, engine, which is uh, what they use in Maniac Mansion previous to this. Yes. Um, so so like that. I would kind of like say that almost that point and click revolution because then now everybody like is coming out. Sierra games is coming out with versions of with, with point and click stuff. And, and it's really this war at the 1990s of like, who's the leader of adventure games. And, and Lucasfilm was pro- was ahead for a bit there. Well, actually at this time, Sierra was Sierra, Sierra online was, was very much the leader in, in adventure games like this. This game was created by, um, by uh, Tim Schafer and actually Ron Gilbert was the first one who kind of created the idea of it. And he brought on Tim Schafer, who would later go on to do things like Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, Full Throttle. Tim Schafer kind of became the godfather of point and click adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dave Grossman was the other guy that he brought that that Ron Gilbert brought on. And Ron created this because he was frustrated with these Sierra games, how if you got one thing wrong, your character died and you had to start part of yeah, it was very, very unforgiving. Right. And so in this game, so he made all of his games after this, you couldn't die. There's no way to die in this game. There, there's technically one way to die in this game, but it's a gag. It's like a, it's a spoof on the Sierra game over screen. And then mm-hmm. he just bounces right back up off the cliff and it says, Oh, I landed on a rubber tree. And you know, <laughs> yeah, they kind of made a joke about him falling off a cliff and landing on a rubber tree and coming back up. Um, but that was sort of the, the point of these games was to encourage people to try things and to um, explore explore the, the surroundings without fearing of doing something wrong, to kind of take that anxiety of doing something wrong out of it to just enhance the the playability of the game, which is what they ultimately wanted. Yeah, and it, and like, of what a perfect way to wrap it around in in a pirate theme. Like, so like you're in this, you're on the island called Melee Island. First off, which is hilarious, and it's and it's it's like a typical, I would say these days, like a port town in a pirate movie. It's got your your typical crowd. It's got the cobblestone alleyways. Um, it's got some some land that's like in the forested areas or the tree tree lines, and um the game just does like a really good job of it feels big, but you are are limited to places to go, but it doesn't ever feel like there isn't something new out there that you haven't seen. Like, like, like it always feels fresh. So like you have like your main town you're in, you have like, there's a carnival nearby uh, that you can go to. There's a sword master's hut that you can go to. There's meat hooks place, which the real funny is Craig um, Uh meat hook runs a, uh, a vacation, like hotel kind of place for Uh tourists to stay at. Um, But he hates people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's wonderful and, and the only way to get to him is with a zip line and um the, the item in the game that you have to get to use the zip line uh-huh. is a rubber chicken with a pulley yeah it's a of rubber course. chicken with a pulley where the crotch is yep. and uh and basically you <laughs> drip the rubber chicken on the zip line and the pulley glides you down yep that's wonderful yeah so so the game is unendingly charming you have a naive character and it's just about him fighting a bad pirate guy named uh ghost pirate lechuck which um 
is one of my favorite characters ever in video games. Also, the design of a ship is just like straight up like a neon bar. Like the colors that they use for the skeletons, everything is so great. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, it's like the perfect example of like charm in a video game that it can be fun, but simple, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't need a whole lot of bells and whistles for it to be a fantastic story. And it's just a well-written, well-characterized story. Um, LPJ, what, um, when you first played this, how long did it take you to beat it? I, I, it took me a while because I was young, but I felt like you beat it pretty quick. Well, when I first played it, I actually didn't play it a whole lot. The first time I saw it, Joe would sit and play it and I would just kind of watch him play. And then I would, you know, throw my two cents in about what he should do and stuff like that. But he was basically at the controls. And um, so I never got to actually see him beat it because the next time after we had been playing it for a couple of weeks and then the next time I came over, <clears throat> him and his brother had already beaten it mm. and moved on to the second one. So I never saw the ending. The first time I played it through and beat it was when I bought it in 98. Um, and that's when I sat down and, you know, I played through it and beat it, played through the second one and beat it. Um, so that was really the first time I had played through the whole game by myself, start to finish. And that's, I would assume I probably beat it before you. you yeah, I, I would assume that. At that and, and, but a lot of that had to have been, you know, memory of me playing it earlier. I remembered a couple things here and there. Yeah, and 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 like we said, with point and click adventure games, there's a point where you just get like, okay, try this item with that, try this item with that, try this item with that, and that happens with with every point and click adventure game out there, sure. really. Um, but the the some of the favorite parts to me are just some of the uniquely weird things that you have to do. So like, there's there's the pirates drink grog, okay? Sure. And, and it is like your typical pirate alcohol, whatever, but it's so potent that it eats through lead cups. <laughs> so there's a part in the game where you have to free this guy from prison. And so you have to go around town collecting as many lead cups as you can so that you can, before the one melts all the way through and drops the grog, pour it into the next one. So your inventory is just filled with like eight, eight empty cups and one cup that's slowly melting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which that's so weird. Uh, I mean, that's funny. That's great. Uh, but it's so weird because grog is essentially watered down rum. It is yeah. essentially rum that is incredibly watered down. And so, uh, yeah, it's just weird that it's the grog is that strong that it melts through lead. Yeah, that it's is, green and it steams. It's bright green and steams, almost I, like nuclear waste. I love how cartoony that is. It oh, is yeah. super cartoony. And the guy that you free, what was his gimmick? With Didn't he have something with cheese? His name's uh, Otis, and he doesn't oh, like yeah. rats. <laughs> he doesn't like rats. Yeah. And, and you have to feed a, a, a what? Do you feed cheese to a rat to like scare him out or get him out of there? No, or you just like no. There's a you give him all right, all right. So there's a scene where first <laughs> you go to the governor's mansion, right? Mm-hmm. And you go. I don't know what the purpose of going there is at first, but you to walk steal in, something. Yeah, you need an idol. You need a you need a special, steal the idol. Steal the idol. But it's this great cut scene where. <laughs> 
you like go into a back room and you don't see anything happening. You just see like sound effects that are appearing and then they appear in text like old Batman like right. uh, episodes. And then on the screen itself, on the action screen, where like when you click a verb, it says like walk to something. It shows him <laughs> doing things like uh, walk to walk to Harry Yak. Or no, it says walk to Yak wearing wax lips. Um, poke Yak, you know, pick up staple remover. Use staple remover on Yak with wax lips. And then you hear like a crash. And then like it goes to another thing. Uh, there's a giant go. Uh, there's uh, giant gophers. Uh, pick up gopher repellent. Spray gopher repellent on gopher. Spray gopher repellent on another gopher. Spray gopher repellent on a horde of gophers. And then it just keeps going. And then at the end, you get spit out the other side of the room and you have the item that you're looking for. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even see any of the action. No, you don't see any of it. The it items that you had collected, the items you had collected up to that point. Yeah, and then in you your don't inventory, even you've got all these crazy, this crazy list of items that you've picked up, like wax <laughs> lips and the <laughs> idol, remover. the safer remover, gopher repellent. And so you give the gopher repellent to Otis. Otis sprays the rats, and in turn, he gives you a cake. And inside the cake is a file, and you use the file to break the lock that has the idol in it and then you get the idol and then uh you do something you do some other things too but it's just this whole roundabout way and then eventually you use the grog to get otis out of jail yep that is uh marvelous yeah it's, it's a whole it's a whole thing it's great it's, though it is so great and it's like <laughs> you're not only on this little island though and it starts out with a stupid craziness like once you get your own ship and you actually become a pirate which by the way there's like a car salesman that's like a it's a ship salesman guy who like waves his arms dramatically and is talking yeah. like a car salesman and he's Stand. in like a pinstripe uh uh like suit jacket with like he's, shorts <laughs> he's dressed like don cherry if you know who yes. don cherry is the hockey announcer he's dressed like don cherry. i was gonna say yeah no i uh uh i absolutely know don cherry yeah. It's the funniest thing. And then so like you get your ship and you go on your first adventure and your first adventure basically ends up you crashing uh, uh, on Monkey Island. Um, and, and, and I can't remember. There's a couple of ways that it happens, right? Isn't there a couple of things you can do, whether or not you shoot the cannon or like uh, uh, is yeah, there something? Can, there's a few different crash, things. You crash the ship. Yeah. Uh, you can accidentally blow up the ship with a rock. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> when you're on the island and you sink the ship, and your your crewmates go uh, get lost to sea, and they shore up on certain islands, they they end up in jail with the cannibals. Yes, which by the way, on Monkey Island, there's these cannibals. And Craig, I, I saved this note. Uh, so there's this cannibal village you come across, uh -huh. and um, the 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 line is despite their reputation the cannibals were surprisingly health conscious they were hesitant to consume too much red meat and worried about the negative effects of their dietary choice <laughs> yeah and so like half of their conversation is about like their cholesterol level yep. and like if they should eat somebody because they've already eaten somebody earlier and they're worried about like their vegetable intake and all that stuff that's wonderful mm -hmm. It is the most charming game, and and like the one of the other pieces that is so unique to this is is the sword fighting. Um, while you might think like a pirate sword fighting game, or like oh, it's like real dramatic and everything. Uh -huh. This game involves around how well you do in a, in a sword fight is how well you are at insulting the other person. 
And so it's a give and take system. It's a this insult with this answer lets you beat the person. Oh, and and there's there's based on it's actually the way they the way they came up with this is the three of them are fans of Errol Flynn movies. And so Errol Flynn used to do a lot of swashbuckling pirate movies and he would and they made a note that the pirates and Errol Flynn were always zinging each other as they were fighting. They were always having these little like little quips, these little insults. And they thought, all right, well, half the fun of a sword fight is the insults that you give the other person you're fighting. And that's how they kind of came up with this idea. And, and, And Orson Scott Card, the author of Ender's Game, Many of the insults in the game were written by him and his children. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but they didn't know it was like a give and take system. So the, the writers had to fill in the rest. But I want to I want to test LPJ here. I'm going to give you oh, an insult. I I'm going to give you an insult. and You tell me what the correct response is. I'll give you a couple choices mm. for the correct response. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we'll start out easy. You fight like a dairy farmer. Oh, how appropriate. You fight like a cow. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. You're no match for my brains, you poor fool. I don't remember that one. Uh, it is. I'd be in real trouble if you ever used them. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, oh, you like this one. Soon you'll be wearing my sword like a shish kebab. Oh, I. Oh, crap. I don't remember it. First, you better stop waving it around like a like feather, a feather duster. duster. <laughs> and so, like, and so, like, uh, th- there's just like all these dumb insults. Um, oh, my favorite one is: I got the scar on my face during a mighty struggle. I hope now you've learned to not to stop picking your nose. <laughs> That's a good one. Yep. And so like there's this like pirate level insults that you learn and then once you become good enough fighting the pirates there's sword master insults cuz you got to beat the sword master on the island and um that's part of your pirate pirate quest and it's just the game is so ridiculous. Like there's even a thing where like you're supposed to find the treasure of monkey of melee island and the treasure is it's the, a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt that says um uh, I found the treasure of Melee Island, and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, like, yeah, the the game you're going through, fighting Ghost Pirate LeChuck eventually, um, finding out the secrets of Monkey Island, which to get into the underworld of Monkey Island, you have to pick up a giant Q-tip and put it into a giant monkey's ear on this giant monkey head statue. <laughs> And uh, eventually you fight Ghost Pirate LeChuck and, and um, you spray him with root beer and he disappears. You, you literally dissolve him with root beer. So that's his weakness. And then what's funny is during the fight, there's a, a part where um, you, you he hits you or you hit him or something like that. And and they literally code into the game an, an instant replay of what yeah. just happened. When you hit him with the root beer. <laughs> yes. And he explodes into fireworks. And they're like, replay. And then like replay flashes in the corner. And it does like a slow motion replay of you beating him. Yeah. Oh, now, man. Uh, I have some stuff on the background of this game. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. for it. Um, so it, it, so the third, the third game is called The Curse of Monkey Island. And at one point, Steven Spielberg was developing 
uh, a Curse of Monkey, a Monkey Island movie. So a script was written and um, it just kind of sat around for a while. Uh, script was being written by a guy named uh, Ted Elliott. And so the, the, the movie never got off the ground and it kind of sat around for a while. Fast forward a couple years later, Disney picks it up and goes to make uh, they want to make a movie based on Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, this game was actually inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean. So it was Tim Schafer's, or I'm sorry, Ron Gilbert's favorite favorite ride uh, growing up as a kid. So he kind of modeled a lot of the cities after Pirates of the Caribbean. And the, and the thought was, well, what if I go and talk to these pirates? What would that be like? And that's kind of how this was developed. So then Ted Elliott writes this script for Monkey Island and never gets off the ground and then gets hired to write the Pirates of the Caribbean movie and essentially takes his Monkey Island script and just converts it into a Pirates of the Caribbean script. So if you notice, Orlando Bloom's character is Guy, Guybrush Threepwood. From the way he dresses, he acts a little bit different, but he's Guybrush Threepwood. Um, Kira Knightley's character is Governor Marley. She acts the same way. She's portrayed the same way. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Rush is Barbosa. The way he looks, he looks like LeChuck. He is designed yeah. after LeChuck. The Black Pearl is designed after Guybrush's ship that he sinks. Um, or I'm sorry, it's designed after uh, LeChuck's it, ship, I mean. Yep. Uh, and if you look at the movie itself, there are scenes that are lifted from this game that are in the movie. They have to navigate this path with a shrunken head as the navigator, which is in this game. They do that in the movie. In the second, uh, in the second um, parts of the Caribbean movie, they go to visit this voodoo lady in a swamp, uh, and that's actually a scene from the Curse of Monkey from Monkey Island Two. Yep. It's something you have to do, and the hut that she's in in the movie is the hut from the game. Like it is lifted exactly from it. So the Monkey Island movie did get made. It's just called Parts of the Caribbean One and Pirates of the Caribbean Two. So let me get this straight. Uh, the the guys who go to make Monkey Island, yes, are inspired by the Disney ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, at which point they make this game. Some other guy is gonna like writes a script for this Monkey Island movie. It yep. doesn't get made. He turns it into Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. referencing the Disney ride and making a movie franchise based upon this ride, which is really based upon this video game that was inspired by the ride. That's correct. Yes. That is utterly insane. Isn't that bananas? So, no. and then the third, or one of the later movies is called on stranger tides. I think it might be the third pirates of the Caribbean movie. That was the other thing they used when they created this game. It's a book a pirate book, like a pirate adventure novel written in the early 80s and like 85, 84, 85, that they also referenced when making this video game. So Pirates of the Caribbean took the formula that they had for Monkey Island and took the reference material that they used to make another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, and like oh, all the boy. pirates and the the ghost pirate ship are like skeletons that glow in the moonlight, and like that's a that's a prominent thing in the first pirates movie. How yeah. they are they glow as skeletons in the moonlight. It, it's just there's it's so crazy. There's pirates that are in this game that if you look at the movie, 
they're in the movie. Like they yeah. took the character models from the game and made them in the movie. They're the background, you know, they're not main characters, but they're just like the generic skeleton crew NPCs that walk around. They're the same ones that are walking around in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. That is uh, utterly ridiculous. I love Isn't that it. crazy. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, it, it's this game is so charming. And you should really play it, like push through the fact that it's a point and click game. Like, I guarantee you, you will love the story and just the dumb characters. Like there's a three headed monkey in the in the game, which is really funny. It's just, oh, it's so charming. Uh, Chops, uh, what kind of uh, speed run info do you have on uh, Monkey Island? Because I'm sure there must be something. Are they interesting or not really? Um, I mean, the speed runs for it are okay. Like there's there's only three different categories and any percent swordmaster percent demo because there was a demo version of the game, I think, uh, on, on some Lucas oh, films weird. or Lucas Arch collection. Um, but the any percent run uh, beats the game in 27 minutes and 46 seconds. So it's wow. not a long game um, to beat. Like it, it's if you know what you're doing, you can get through things pretty quick. Um, but but half half of the enjoyment of the game is just like going through and exploring and talking mm-hmm. to as many dumb characters as you can. I uh, well, guys, I uh, what do you say? We go ahead and take a brief pause, hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, all right, so I uh, I might not be very familiar with the game itself, uh, but the music is uh, quite stellar. It was composed by Michael Land and Patrick Mundy. Mundy has only ever worked on this game, uh, but Michael Land has worked on the Monkey Island series, a bunch of the Star Wars flight sim games from the early 90s, Sam and Max Hit the Road, Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, Herc's Adventures, The Bard's Tale, and he performed bass uh, for uh, the game Psychonauts. Oh, nice. Yep. I. Uh, so uh, he's got a, a pretty, you know, good uh, range of uh, games there. Uh, quite a lot, of course, from, you know, LucasArts. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, first off, we're going to play the opening theme and introduction. Let's give it a listen.
that is the opening theme and introduction. Uh, I love that Calypso-y, uh, steel drum style stuff. Oh, God, that is marvelous. It feels very piratey. I, 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 as much as I'm obsessed with like banjo covers of Mega Man songs, I now want Fife Calypso covers of Mega Man songs. <laughs> I <laughs> with would, steel drums. I would sell somebody else's soul for that. <laughs> And speaking of souls, let's go ahead and listen to our next track. This is Ghost Ship Shuffle. Let's give it a listen. shuffle ghost ship shuffle i just love the name of that too it's oh so great when i was listening to the soundtrack earlier uh and i was like you know choosing what what i wanted to make sure that i uh would get selected uh, when we went to play songs i saw the name ghost ship shuffle and i was like this song better be a banger or i'm gonna be so upset <laughs> and uh it is a banger it's I yes love it, it is yes it is i love it uh and then finally we have a uh, track uh, called The Fettuccini Brothers. Let's go ahead and give this one a listen. Thank you. 
that is the Fettuccine Brothers. Uh, I have to correct you, Craig. It's the amazing, adventurous, acrobatingly, acrobatic, and exceedingly well-known, fabulous flying Fettuccine Brothers. I stand corrected. One of the things we didn't talk about bringing up the Fettuccine Brothers is the voice cast of this. The voice cast is gigantic. It is a who's who of voice actors from the 90s, the early 80s and 90s and now. Like the Fettuccine Brothers are voiced by um, Rob Paulson, who is Yakko on Animaniacs. He's been a million different voices in everything. Uh, And Jess Hartnell is the other main voice in this. He's Wacko in the Animaniacs. He's voices on SpongeBob. He does... He's kind of one of the other big powerhouse voice actors of this generation. Um, and like LeChuck is voiced by Earl Bowen, who is another guy that's done tons and tons of voice acting. He was um, as an actual actor. He was one of the one of the uh, the doctor in uh, Terminator. If you saw Terminator, Terminator 2, oh. he was like a psychiatrist. Um, but there's tons of like it's a who's who of, of voice, voice actors. Cam Clark is meat hook. He's the voice of Leonardo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's um, great. You got everybody in this one. Yeah. And, it, and it's just the, not only the voices, the character designs, like the Fettuccini brothers look like Hans and Franz from SNL. They're just like, but these like really bulky, bulky but guys. Italian Hans and Franz. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so it's Bill Fettuccini and Alfredo Fettuccini. Yes. And, and Bill is in an all green jumpsuit with a black under or, blue underwear and alfredo's in a purple jumpsuit with uh blue underwear as well as well <laughs> and they trick guybrush into getting launched out of a cannon <laughs> uh, uh and they give him a helmet that's a saucepan that's amazing <laughs> it is it's just so dumb oh i, I really want to play this game now <laughs> oh guys i uh, i tell you what i uh, let's before we break down and just stop recording to go play Monkey Island, uh, what are your guys' final thoughts on the game? This is one of the all-time greatest games ever made. Um, it's phenomenal. I mean, granted, it's if you don't like point-and-click adventure games, you may not get into this game. But I would say of the point-and-click adventure games, this one is easily the most accessible. Uh, it's It's such a charming game. It's just a joy to play. And um, it's just so much fun. This is one of my all-time favorite games. While I think the game sold well, I think this is one of the most underrated games that you will play. I don't think a lot of people these days know it or have ever played it. And I feel like that you will thoroughly enjoy the comedy, the fact that you can't die. Like it's not like you could do anything wrong. And um, just the overall charm of this game. It's so much fun. I, I really hope people go out and play it after this. Yeah. I I gotta say guys, uh, you've certainly won me over. It's a game that is definitely going on my list uh, of games. I have to play. Uh, so the next time I see uh, a Steam sale, I think I'm going to be picking up uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Absolutely. Nice. But I tell you what, guys, let's go ahead and uh, jump on into our Retro Rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. I'll get into CDI starting at $2.99. Say it. Say it! Say it! Say it! 
the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, you're playing with power. So this game was released in October of 1990. Now, uh, what I did is I went ahead and uh, uh, took a look through the uh, 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 Detroit Free Press uh, from back then, because uh, we live in the metro Detroit area. And uh, I was looking for something Halloween related. And so uh, the Free Press from October 30th, 1990, I actually had something else catch my attention. So while Detroit was preparing for another Devil's Night, uh, which back then was actually kind of scary, uh, mm-hmm. George Bush Sr., uh, had said that he wouldn't hesitate to send troops into combat with Iraq. The Gulf War was going on at this time. Uh, it lasted from August of 1990 to February of 1991. And right now, America is in Operation Desert Shield, preparing troops in the region. But in a few months, near the end of January of 1991, uh, Desert Storm would begin and combat would last five weeks. And it would be America's arguably most successful war. Yep. I remember that. I had all the trading cards. I also had some of the trading cards. I didn't collect them all, but I did have some of the trading cards. Desert storm trading cards. There were. Yeah, we still have them. I I have them upstairs right now because you have them because mom got us the whole set. Yeah. Are they somehow anything? I'm somehow shocked and not surprised by that. No idea. Um, well, seeing as I am a uh, host of the action movie podcast, I pulled up the October 1990 movies that released. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's Halloween week. It's Halloween month. So there's a lot of horror movies. You've got Troll 2. Oh. You've got Night of the Living Dead, the remake from oh. 1990. Graveyard Shift. Uh, but then you've also got uh, an action classic uh, Marked for Death, starring Steven Seagal. Oh, Lord. Uh, Quigley Down Under with uh, Tom Selleck. And uh, a movie that um, I never saw, Never Ending Story 2, the next chapter. If the first movie was uh, never ending, why did they have to make a sequel? Um, well, because it's the next part of the never-ending story. Shouldn't it have just been still the never-ending story? This never-ending story will never I end. I, I don't think still. I don't think you're. You know, no, no, Greg. You know, we're not having a sentence as a title. All right, fair enough. Um, I found um, some inter- interesting information on video games released in 1990, in uh, specifically in the Electronic Gaming Monthly of October of 1990. Uh-huh. They said that the best sequel to an existing video game in that month was Mega Man 3. Yep. Oh, boy. You have no idea how important that is. You brought that up today. And um, the game of the year for Nintendo was Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. That's a solid game. And then other notable uh, releases for that year was Metal Gear Solid 2, Solid Snake. For the, I think, NES or Metal Gear 2, not Metal Gear Solid 2. I'm sorry, Metal Gear 2. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. I, read, I saw the solid. I got confused. Uh, Dr. Mario came out that year. Dragon Quest 4, oh. F- FF3, and Craig, your 
favorite or the goat of Mario uh, Mario games, Super Mario World. Uh, it is so exciting to hear that game. What a solid lineup. Yeah, that's crazy. That. So Super Mario World came out. So Super Nintendo is out in Japan. And, oh, in Japan. OK, yeah. And, and then Mar- Mar- Mega Man 3 came out. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember picking up Mega Man 3 like I had saved up my money. And um, as soon as we found a copy of it, I had my dad drive me out to uh, 12 Oaks Mall because that was the place that had it and uh, picked it up there. Was it a KB Toys, a Children's Palace? I don't even remember. Sears. I I think it might have been like a Sears or something. A Sears was a a go to spot for video games back in the day. Electronics, man. Yep. Oh, it was a department yeah. store of some kind. I'm trying to think of uh Funko Land, but that was a little bit later, right? Or no? Funko Land? Uh yeah. no, Funko Land is around that time. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Toys R Us, I think that's where I got most of my games growing up. A lot of mine were, yeah, from Toys yeah, R Us. Yeah, definitely Toys R Us. Oh man. I uh guys, speaking of Mega Man 3. What do you say we jump on into our music bracket? First up, from Mega Man 3, composed by Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, no relation, we have the theme of Snake Man. Let's give it a listen. Snake Man. That's another one of those games, like another theme that uh, just brings me right back to where I was when I was playing that game. Um, it has the. Go ahead, sorry. But I, like I, we played that so much. Mega Man Three was it, outside of Zelda. Mega Man Three might have been the game I played the most as a kid. And that song just has, I think, the best breakdown of any robot master theme like the beginning is okay but the breakdown is where i just get hooked every time it's great yeah it's real good yeah so you might think that there's not much that can compare with uh snake man's theme from Mega man 3 
And what we have going against it is a theme from the Game Boy. And your first thought might be, oh, well, there's no comparison. How could the Game Boy compete? Well, I'd like you to listen from Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy, composed by Koji Murata. We have the theme of Pluto. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. from Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy. Man, they got every ounce of power out of that audio chip. Oh, I know. Right? There, was, there was no more layering they could have done, I think, oh, there. It's a long loop, too. Like, for a Game Boy game, that is a long loop. I think it's longer than Snake Man's loop. I think it yeah. is. I think it is. That is, that it, is it, a it's, well-written song for the device that they put it out on. It's, it's such like a melancholy powered theme you like you know what i yeah. mean like it's got those it, it feels almost sad yet like uplifting <laughs> at yeah. the same time it's yeah. so weird it, it is a it is a surprisingly powerful song especially to come out of the game boy's hardware and yeah i mean you know the, the game boy i feel is sort of similar to the sega genesis in that regard where it's like if you didn't know what you were doing with that sound chip you know it sounds like garbage if you knew what you were doing it's phenomenal. And so this oh, is, yeah. you know, this is one of those examples where uh, like Snake Man might be, you know, one of the contenders for like a best Mega Man themes ever. But honestly, Pluto ain't far behind or ain't far in front of it. Yeah, no, it's real good. Yeah, I, I almost I almost wish I could get like an NES sound card version of the song, but then it it wouldn't be this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the the and I ain't going to say that, you know, there aren't going to be covers out there of this that are probably very, very good. But I feel like it would detract a bit pulling it from its original hardware. You know, I feel like they they just they they perfected what they did so well that I feel like it would be a shame to move it to something else. Right. But yep. For all our listeners, 
Uh, if you'd like to uh, vote on this particular bracket, make sure to jump on our Facebook page, our Twitter account. Go to GameZillaMedia.com where you can join our Discord. There's a link there. Chat with us about retro games. And every week we have a uh, vote. And then over at uh, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia uh, for supporting us as, you know, for uh, $1 per month. You're going to get access to the vote there as well every week. And then uh, we also have a ton of bonus content like uh, uh uh, the Game Shark Show, where like if you wanted to know uh, who chose what Mega Man songs, we had Commissioner LPJ on to you know uh, 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 chat about uh, uh, what we were choosing and kind of moderate for us. So you know, look back uh, to that one. Yeah I, yeah, I enjoy that. Those are some of my favorite things to do is <laughs> listen to you idiots pick your tracks. I, I love. I have so much fun with that, and I will. We'll give a little tease that uh, one of the hosts um, had their songs stolen <laughs> repeatedly from them before they could pick it, and uh, it is some of the funniest things to hear in it, that episode. Yeah, it was. That was a <laughs> that was a particularly fun one. Uh, it was good. But I, I LPJ. Uh, you brought up earlier that you have a uh, 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 podcast on the network about action movies. Uh, tell us, uh, tell the listeners uh, what uh, what you got going on. Well, this year, uh, so I, I host the Last Action Podcast, also on the GameZilla Media Network. And this year, we are focusing on the year of the sequel. Uh, we are hitting as many sequels to films we have previously covered uh, earlier in the podcast. Um like Too Fast, Too Furious, The Raid 2, uh, John Wick 2. We're going to cover as many sequels as we can. Um, so check out those. It, it definitely, obviously, check out the previous episodes uh, for the original version, the original movies uh, for those films. And um, I'm also on uh, Noobs and Dragons with with Craig here, uh, yeah. where Craig takes me through my first, me and, and, and Matt, Matrick on stage and Sphinx takes us through our first Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And it's been a blast. I'm glad you're enjoying that. And uh, uh, LPJ, for a uh, jumping on point for Last Action Podcast, for any of our listeners uh, that might want to hear an episode that have Chops or I, what would you be your, off the top of your head, favorite episode that has Chops and your favorite episode that has me? Well, all of the episodes that have Craig are, are generally not generally. They are all James Bond episodes. Yes. So I would say just pick your favorite James Bond movie and of the ones that we've done and jump on for Craig because it's all J- we, we get super James Bond nerdy on those podcasts. Oh, we, yeah. uh, we dive deep um, as far as chops goes. Chops may as well be our fourth host because some of the guests some of the, the episodes he's been on have been absolute classics like drunken master jackie chance legend of the drunken master is mm-hmm. phenomenal um uh the spawn episode is That's really so really great oh man Dick if you ever want to hear if you ever want to hear if you ever want to hear a man break down and die inside then pick up a Chops episode that has Sphinx on it, and you can listen to Sphinx's soul slowly escape his body throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason, every movie that Chops picks, Sphinx hates. 
and it is the most glorious thing in the world. Uh, it's so great because he chooses movies that like I, he loves that I've seen with him. Like, um, what uh, Inglorious Bastards is one of them. I don't even know if we ended up releasing it or not. But no, it was an unreleasable episode, unfortunately. Uh, but like. Uh, all the movies that I've seen with him in the theaters that he loves and he'll have me on there. And then I just pick the worst movie that I think he will hate that I tolerate. I don't even love half the movies I choose. And, it, uh, and it's Dick just Tracy. I, okay, I, I said, I don't love half the movies. I love right. Dick Tracy, yeah. but um, yeah, it's always fun to torment people. Craig, you know that. I, uh, the, the sound of Sphinx's soul escaping his body is uh what gets me through every night yeah uh, yes, yes I, I get it i understand fully <laughs> i would say put on the spawn episode if you really want to have a, a good good night's rest tonight uh put on the spawn episode it will cleanse your soul listening to his soul die hey man oh, wonderful yep so uh, excuse me so gentlemen yes scallywags i think it's about time that we signed off for today uh we're gonna be setting this ship out to sail so we'll see y'all next time when the legend continues yar when the legend continues right when the legend continues to search on eBay how much are those Desert Storm trading cards worth? <laughs> Desert Storm You still got those, cards. Craig? Oh, uh, no, I don't have mine. I only had a few. Series 1 and Series 2. I have full sets of both. Uh, let's see. Full set. Let's what see. are I can't imagine it's much. We're looking at like five bucks for the whole set. Yeah.